things about you and your soul that money can never buy. Anybody hear me up in here? Yeah, that's a line. Oh no, oh no, and when they get close to that line, you, yeah, you can have that, yeah, yeah, I sell that, oh yeah, you can have that, oh yeah, oh yeah, for us, man, we, there's a bunch of things, you, we, you can buy everything at the Tebow house, alright, but you ain't gonna buy the Tebow's. Hallelujah, so let's look at John chapter 12, amen, and hallelujah, glory to God, we just so blessed, y'all, somebody say, I am a member of a blessed church, a rich church, a called church, an anointed church. And that same anointing is on me and my family and my children and my hopes and my dreams. I am anointed. I am blessed. I am rich. I am prosperous just like my church. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give him glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So let's get cranked up. That just came out of me just for a second, amen. Just had to testify, amen. So we uh, we we looking at John 12 this morning, and we'll be going in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. And worship was awesome too. So here we go. The Bible says, Then Yahshua, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, and Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Yahshua, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Yahshua, let her alone. Against the day of my burying, burying had she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Much people of the Hebrews therefore knew that Lazarus was there. And they came not for Yahshua's sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him, many of the Hebrews went away and believed on Yahshua. Let's have a word of prayer. Most High, we thank you for your sweet word or the honeycomb, and we thank you for it. It is the reason why we are here this morning, to sit at your feet, to worship you, but also to hear a word from you, Yah. And while we love our brothers and sisters, we are not here for them, oh God. We are here for you this morning. 
and we want to transact business with you this morning. We want to give you our worship while you give us your word. Because we know with your word, God, everything's going to be all right. Any problems we're going through with your word is going to be all right. Any pain we're going through with your word is going to be all right. And we thank you that you alone have the words of life. And it's the reason why we stuck in our chairs. It's the reason why we have donned the doors. It's the reason why we woke up early this morning, God. We've come to worship and to get your word. So daddy, please don't upset. Please don't leave us hanging. Give us your word. Teach us your ways, O Abba. And show us what we need to clean up in our own lives. And so we pray this morning that you would build us up and tear down the things that don't bring you glory. That you would pluck out the things that would hinder our walk, our way, and our worship, God. But Father, we pray that you would save in this place, anoint in this place, and bless in this place. Let us leave here, God, on a new level, God, from the level that we walked in here with. Father, we promise, we promise when all the dust clears, we promise when all the awards and accolades are handed out, we promise when the checks are given, the promotions come through, we promise that we will stand there as a testament for what you can do. We will stand there and give you all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise because it's all of you and through you and by you and we worship you. We declare hallelujah because you've done it all. We thank you this morning and we'll give you glory. In Jesus' mighty, wonderful, precious name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Most High. Hallelujah. Y'all be getting me excited up in here. Yeah, y'all be getting me excited, Brother Corey, Lincoln, and Josh. Hallelujah. Great job this morning. Hallelujah. Great job. Hallelujah. So, saints, we're looking at John chapter 12 this morning, and we've been going through this series, amen, um, that, that's right on the heels after the resurrection of Lazarus. And we saw that uh, Lazarus raising from the grave, it changed Bethany. Uh, Bethany went from just Bethany to Bethany the place where Lazarus was dead, but now he's been raised. But that miracle not only changed Bethany, but it changed the people who were there, who were spectators and a part of it. And so we've been talking about what would your response be to a miracle in your life, to God moving in your midst. And so we saw Martha firsthand. She served as a response to the miracle. She said, for the rest of my life, I'll serve you. Amen. And so she just began to work for God. And we saw that, and that was very good. And some of you are going to have that in your spirit. He's been so good to me. I'm going to serve him. Amen. How many people want to serve God because he's been so good to you? Amen. Hallelujah. And we don't serve man. Who do we serve? We serve God. That's who we serve. Amen. And secondarily, we looked at Lazarus. And Lazarus was a monument to a miracle. 
Amen. He was standing there as a testimony. And if you were paying close attention while we were reading, amen, Lazarus was just as much of a problem as Jesus for the Pharisees. Because when they looked at Lazarus, they saw the miracle working power of Jesus. All right. And so when Yahweh works a miracle in our lives, we have to do the same as Lazarus. We have to testify. We have to brag on God. We got to show the world. Look what the Lord has done, amen, and I'm nothing without him, wouldn't be here without him, wouldn't have what I have without him, wouldn't be in my right mind without him. And so we got to show the world, amen, the wonderful works of God. The church, we've been too quiet for too long, amen. We publish in the praise of everybody else and everything else but our God. And I know we taught you humility, not to brag on yourself, but you're going to have to transition, huh, to learning how to brag on God. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we looked at Mary. And Mary, amen, was an example of two things. Because she gave that spike nard that was worth like 60000 in our wages for today. And she lavished that upon Jesus, his feet. And wiping it, a God, with her locks, amen, that super quicker, picker, upper, absorbent type of woolly hair that she had, amen. We know that was a mighty Hebrew nugget. Somebody give God some praise up in here, amen. And so, and so here she is, she's wiping her feet, and that represented two things. It represented giving, and it represented worship, amen. Because since God is so good to us, Hallelujah. Some of us want to give back to God and support his work and, 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 and bless his people. And that, that's what Mary represented. But Mary also represented the heart of worship. Amen. To show God what he is worth to her. To humble herself. To not even regard her reputation. Amen. And to worship the most high. And that worship filled that room. It was contagious. Amen. It's like when we watch those that's at the altar worship before church, something jumps on us as we watch them worship. Anybody hear me up in here? Because worship is contagious. And so today we continue on track, on schedule. And we're going to be looking at the next character, hallelujah, who was there at the miracle, and we're going to see his response. Amen. And I'm talking about no other than Judas. Amen. We'll be talking about Judas this morning. Amen. And right off the bat, amen, focusing on Judas in verse 4. Amen. We're going to see Judas responding to the miracle. All right. Mary served. Lazarus testified. Mary gave and worshiped. Huh? Judas is going to respond with greed. He's going to respond with greed to the miracle of Yahshua raising Lazarus. Somebody say greed. greed. All right. The Oxford Dictionary defines greed as an intense, selfish desire for something. Huh? Because you could be greedy for anything. All right. We normally think about it in terms of money and wealth and, and material substance. But the truth of the matter is you could be greedy for power, for position. And some of us, we've been greedy for food. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. 
And so as we talk about greed, greed is not just money. It's not just monetary. It's an intense, selfish desire for something. All right? Now, we're going to be looking at verses 4 through 8 this morning. And we're going to have seven quick points. Look at your neighbor and say, seven quick points. All right? Not long points, but what? Quick points. All right? And if y'all don't keep me, I won't keep y'all this morning. Amen? All right? Because y'all be pulling. Y'all be wanting more. All right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what they be doing to me. They be, you know what I'm saying? And so that's why y'all here long. All right? It, it's nothing. I ain't do nothing. Y'all pulling from me. All right? And so we're going to talk about greed, and we're going to talk about seven quick points to talk about greed. Because, listen, it's an intense desire. Huh? Uh, for something. And so let's look at our first point, getting, getting right on it. Amen. Uh, greed is selfish. Greed is selfish. All right. And in this point, we're going to look at hallelujah, not only the selfishness, but the things that are connected with the selfishness, a God, with greed. And so let's talk about it here. In verse four, the Bible says, then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot's son, uh, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, we should betray him. This first point is focusing on the word then, all right? Then, said one of his disciples, all right? That then tells us that this is happening after something else. It's a term that describes something that happens in a sequential order. And so what happens before Judas comes on the scene in this particular part of the play, in this part of the act, huh? Well, Mary had just, hallelujah, lavished the Lord with worship. She had just given $60,000 worth of spikenard and put it on Yahshua's feet. Then, said one of his disciples, huh? Then, after the spikenard, after her giving, after her worship, then Judas comes on the scene. It seems like Mary's act of giving and worship hallelujah, brought something out of Judas. It made something, as we say in the spiritual world, it made something manifest. Somebody say manifest. Because a lot of times the devil hides behind our skin. <laughs> but every once in a while, when looking close with spiritual eyes, the enemy or his minions will manifest. All right. Jesus had a particular gift at making them manifest. He could even make them talk on the scene. Amen. These days they'll manifest with a certain visage, a certain face. huh? And you'll catch it if you look close. Amen. It's a spirit behind the skin. All right. And so sometimes when you do things, hallelujah, the enemy will manifest himself. When Mary worshiped, when Mary gave the devil manifested the enemy manifested hallelujah came from under the skin and had to show himself all right because you see this act this power of the resurrection is not only going to manifest good things but it's going to manifest bad things all right and so here we are looking at judas and it brought out greed hallelujah in judas Judas, hallelujah, looked at the miracle and the worship, and he thought about himself.
use this for myself. All right? Greed is selfish. The problem with Judas is he didn't mind Mary giving the spikenard, but he didn't want it to be given to Jesus. All right? He didn't want the $60,000 worth of oil poured on Jesus. Judas wanted the oil for himself. Greed is selfish. And I want to tell you something else about greed. Greed is desiring something intensely, yes, and selfishly, yes, but it's something also that you don't deserve. Are you hearing me up in here? You see, Jesus deserved the spike noise because he raised Lazarus from the grave. What Mary lavished on him was right. What we give during tithes and offerings, what we offer in worship to our God is right because he's worthy of it. Somebody should shout and give him praise. All right. But greed is when you desire something that you don't deserve. All right. It's something you don't deserve. You ain't worked for it. You ain't done nothing for it. There is nothing in the books that say you deserve what you desire and unlawfully and intensely. You see, you don't deserve it. It's not yours. It's for God and whoever God deems it for. As we look at Judas, Judas didn't raise Lazarus from the grave. Judas wasn't the anointed one. Judas wasn't the reason that Mary was pouring out the oil. What gave Judas the right to want the oil? Nothing. It was greed. And greed is selfish. And in every single one of our lives, we have to watch out for greed. And one of the first signs of greed is this intense selfishness. And you'll be able to see it on you and the people around you because the greedy want something that don't belong to them. And they want something that they don't deserve. They ain't work for it. They ain't put in the time that you have. And listen, let me tell you something else. What else is connected to greed? And I'm just kind of flowing. Jealousy and envy is connected to greed. All right? They are twins, as one of the commentators say. Wherever you find one, you will find the other. When you find greed, you're not only going to find selfishness, but you are going to find jealousy and envy. Why? Because the greedy wants it for themselves. And when Judas saw that oil on Jesus, Judas got jealous. You see, listen to me, man. Every sin has a twin or a, or a roommate. And certain sins, hallelujah, congregate together. They like grapes in a cluster. They like apples on a tree. They like part of a certain particular root. And greed brings selfishness, but it also brings jealousy and envy. And at that moment, when Mary... Greed made Judas jealous of Jesus, all right? And he had no reason to be jealous of Jesus. Everything that Jesus was getting, he deserved, minister. He raised Lazarus from the grave. 
He opened blind eyes. He stretched out withered arms. He is the one that's going to die on the cross for the sins of the world. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. What nerve does Judas have to be jealous of him when Jesus had done all the work to deserve with Mary lavish on him? There's going to be people in your life, saints, that's going to be jealous of you. And they're going to look at what you have and what you've done by the grace of Almighty God. And they're going to be jealous. And some of y'all is happening now, but others, I'm preaching to you, not what was, not what is, but what is to come. God is enlarging your territory, taking you to another level. You better take this sermon and file it. Amen. Because though you're not going through it now, you will go through it. And when you find people that's jealous of you, that's envious of you, a lot of times the root is going to be greed. They're going to want what you have and have not done what you did to deserve it. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. Want the car you have, want the house you have. Want the, the anything, the business you have, minister, want, want the clothes you have, huh? But, but they ain't never did what you did to get it. But that's greed. Greed is never satisfied. It's never satisfied. It's never satisfied. Meaning that you can give the greedy something, but they still going to want more. All right. If we relate this to food, huh? We say people that's greedy for food, huh? We call them big eye in Louisiana. All right. Because even while they got food in front of their plate, they looking at your plate. And even after they full, if you come through with something good enough, now their stomach about to bust. Anybody hear me? Anybody had a bust stomach? What Jim Alvoy? Anybody bust their stomach before? Now, their stomach about to bust, but you come with that ice cream pie. Huh? You come with that apple pie with ice cream on that. Stomach about to bust. And what they doing? They look at it. Look, they neck. You coming in the kitchen, they neck doing like this. And you got to say, something wrong with your neck? Like, no, 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 no. They greedy. They greedy. All right? And usually, watch this. When you're greedy for food, you're going to be greedy for wealth, you're going to be greedy for things, and you're going to be greedy for position. Because greed is not about the thing, it's about the heart. Woo! All right. How many greedy people we got in here this morning? All right. And listen, I'm not condemning you because we all had problems before we were saved yet. Every single one of them. And just because you had a problem before you were saved, that problem does not have to define you. It does not have to define you. Just understand that and know that, huh? That's what we just sung about. He's our deliverer, y'all. He can deliver us from every sin if we allow him to. But this greed is selfish, is envious, huh? And it's never satisfied. Ecclesiastes 5 and 10 tells us about it. It says it clearly, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance would increase. This also is vanity, meaning this, if you're greedy for money, you're never going to have enough money. 
If you greedy for food, guess what, bus stomach? You never gonna be full <laughs> of food. I'm trying to keep it real. If you greedy for material things, you never gonna be satisfied with the house that you're in. And I'm not talking about having a drive about yourself to not be complacent and not wanna, you know what I'm saying? Up, 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 uh, uh, upward mobility, onward and upward. I'm not talking about that. There is a difference between that and greed, all right? All right? The greedy don't even enjoy what they bless with. They don't even enjoy what they bless with because they're looking for the next blessing, all right? Not even enjoying the car you have now, the house you have now, the money you have now. And if you watch them, you can tell, now I'm giving a lot, when you put $20 in the greedy hand, Watch their face closely, because if you hand it out money, you'll put a 20 in the greedy hand. The greedy will take focus off the 20, take focus off praising God, take focus off of being grateful to looking at what you give the next person. The greedy, I'm just giving you discernment on it. Open a gift, huh, and, and, and see it, but... Hurry up, not, not even praise, not even thankful, just what's next, what's next? A, a, a good vocabulary word for greed is avarice. Say avarice, all right? It's a greed, it's an insatiable desire for more, all right? And you can always tell it when you see it. Judas was greedy, and that was his response to the miracle of Yah and his response to Mary's Worship. Last thing about this point right here. The greedy looks at life as what we call a zero-sum game. Zero-sum game. This means that when you're giving people, the greedy wants you to give them, but nobody else. All right? Nobody else. That's why Judas had a problem with them giving Jesus. He, was, he would only be content if it was just given to him. The greedy wants it all. If the greedy don't get it all and they see you give to somebody else, they feel like they lost something. They feel like they lost something. That's what we call zero-sum gain. I either have it all. Oh, I don't have nothing at all, you know? Somebody say, Lord, Lord help, me help me not to be greedy. Not to be greedy. You see? And we're going to talk about that. You see, because giving cures greed. Because right. greedy people are not giving, and giving people are usually not greedy. The greedy can't give. They like Scrooge McDuck on DuckTales. They swim in the money. You understand what I'm saying? And they want it all. They can't lose a single cent. They will lose their lives before they lose a single cent. So first point, greed is selfish. Greed, a God, is connected highly with jealousy and envy. And greed is never satisfied. Second point, you see how y'all keeping me along? That was supposed to go quicker than that. Second point, hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. 
Greed can be a sign that a person is actually lost. All right? It can be a sign that a person is actually lost. As we look at verse 4 again, it says, Then, all right, after Mary did her thing, say it one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot. Notice how they, they, they coin and describe Judas. He's one of Jesus' disciples. This means that he is a pupil of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, a student of Jesus, all right? In this case, Judas wasn't just like a general follower. Uh, he was more specific than that. Uh, he wasn't just the 120. He was even more specific than that. They say that Jesus had 70 main disciples. Judas was even more specific than the 70. Huh? Judas was a part of the 12 of Jesus. The 12 that we would, be, that we would later call the apostles. Somebody say apostles. Judas was one of the apostles, all right? But we have to understand in every single situation, every category in the church, you have true and you also have false. Are you hearing me up in here? There are true apostles, but there are also false apostles, all right? Uh, 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 we have uh, uh, true disciples, but there are also false disciples, all right? Um, um, we have you got false believers. That's the, what the Bible teaches us. It's all about the wheat and the tares. And the thing about true and false is this. It's very hard to tell the difference between. Very hard. And I know that we proud, y'all, and we figure that nobody can pull anything on us, huh? But that's pride talking, all right? And if we had to just, hallelujah, understand our enemy, who's Satan, all right, who disguises himself as an angel of light. And no wonder that his ministers would be called a God. False ministers, that's what Paul says. So we have to understand that these false are going to come. But guess what? They're going to be very hard to differentiate between the real. Yeah. That's why with this same parable, Jesus says, let them grow up together. Because it takes time to see who real and who fake. Anybody hear me up in here? You say, Pastor, no, this can't be. Listen to me. Do you know that the disciples themselves didn't know who betrayed Jesus? They were all 12, 12 buddies. They didn't know who betrayed him. All right? Jesus is at the Lord's Supper, which we're about to celebrate. And Jesus, hey, God, he's, he, he's talking, and we're we going to get to it. Hallelujah. I'm, going, I'm getting ahead of my, y'all pulling all kind of scripture out of me. Jesus, Jesus is, is, he's saying, he's passing, passing the bread, and he says, he says, one that did bread with me is about to betray me. And, 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 and right after, Judas dipped his bread. <laughs> and Peter and the rest of them boys, they say, they, they don't, you know what I'm saying? And they believe in Jesus more than they believe in themselves. So they got to ask Jesus, is it I, Jesus. They go on one after another. Is it me? You know, because he's been so right on everything else. They can't even trust themselves when he said that something's going to happen. 
And when you know yourself and you know the sin that's in you, you would be wise to ask Jesus, is it me? Because listen, anything could happen with me. And so they up in there, they don't even know. They with, they with the traitor in there and they don't even know who it is. I'm telling you like I'm telling you. All right. Greed is a sign that somebody could be lost. And the lost are amongst us in the church and may look like believers. And guess what? It's going to be very hard to tell. These are the apostles of Jesus Christ right here. Some of our books in the Bible have been penned by them, and they still don't know Judas is the traitor. They got to ask John, John, who was close to Jesus, huh? Right by Jesus during the dinner. John asked him who it is. You know? You know? Because they can't tell. But Judas was always fake. From the very beginning, Judas was fake. Wow. All right? You saying, Pastor, how you know? Well, in John 6 and 70, look what it says about him. All right? Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil? Not will be a devil, but is. Yeah, like I pick you like that. You're not saved now. You never was saved. And we're going to see in a second, never got saved. You see? You see? And you say, God, they got fake amongst us. Yes. God, why you allow them to be amongst us to work his perfect will? Anybody hear me up in him? Hey, God, because even the devil and all of his minions, they work together for the good of God's people. They work together for the good of God's people. And Judas is going to play a role in all of this. He is going to deliver Yahshua to the cross. And that same cross is going to tear the devil's kingdom down. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. So he allows the false to come in with the real. But he allows it for our good. Huh? He's going to use it to work some things in us, to burn us up, <laughs> to make us call upon God, to make us seek God. Make sure that we real. Huh? He's going to do a lot of things with fake believers. Huh? And so, hallelujah. You say, Pastor, surely not in Philadelphia. It's in every church, y'all. Every church. If it was in Jesus' 12, the first church, it's sure in Philadelphia. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. So they call him. They say, one of you is a devil. But look at John 17, 12. Look at this. This is amazing, huh? Watch what they call him. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in my name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except but the son of perdition. That the scripture might be fulfilled. Pastor, what that mean, that son of perdition, that son of hell, that, that son of destruction, that son that has always been destined for doom since his birth. Jesus said, that's the only one I lost, the one who was really not mine from the beginning. You see? Y'all, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
And we got so many people playing with God and playing with church. We shouldn't play with God. And we shouldn't play with God's house. Anybody hear me up in here? Because if you're playing with God and you're playing with God's house, you could be a Judas, a son of perdition, somebody who's always been destined since the foundation of the earth to doom a son of hell. Because a real child of God would never play with God like that. And never play with God's children like that. Anybody hear me up in here? Because the ones that love the father, love the father's children. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? And so they call Judas the son of perdition. Now, I'm going to show you in a few minutes that, hallelujah, in the last days, they're going to use this phraseology again. We're going to look at that in one of my later texts. Amen. But Judas wasn't saved. And, and I want to tell you that one of the signs that Judas wasn't saved was his, his, his critical, his intense greed that he possessed. All right. And whenever you're not saved, hey God, there's always going to be some signs. Okay. And, and sin is usually the sign, just in general. All right. Habitual sin is always a sign that you may not be saved. If you sin habitually, all the time, on a regular, and you're comfortable in it, it means that you are not a believer. That's what 1 John tells us. You see, we, we new creatures, we sheep, and sheep don't like the mud. Pigs like the mud. So when you're in the mud of life, which is sin, and you're enjoying it, and you stay there, and you would rather be there, it's a sign that though you talk like a believer, though you walk like a believer, though you dress like a believer, though you even congregate where believers congregate on Sunday and Tuesday mornings, that sin is proof positive that you are not yet a believer. All right, I got two claps. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Habitual sin is proof that you're not a believer. John says if you walk in darkness, you don't know the one that's in light. You don't know him. You don't know him. You see? You don't know him. You see, believers fall into sin. Unbelievers live in sin. You see the difference? Yeah, I fell. We fall down, but what? We get up. We dust ourselves up, Lord, I'm going to try better next time. You understand? And we really try. We hurt by the sin. We don't live in sin. We fall in sin. All right? That's the difference. See, Judas didn't fall into greed. He lived in greed. You see? And that greed was a sign that he was not saved. Pastor, go into greed a little bit more. And why a person can't be greedy like that to that intensity and be saved. Matthew 6 and 24 tells us clearly. God bless your system. No man can serve. You can't have two of them, baby. You can't have two of them. For either. Huh? Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Or, in our new translations, you cannot serve God and money. Can't do it. Can't do it. You can only have one master. 
because God's going to tell you to do some things that money never going to tell you to do. Woo. Money never going to tell you tithe. Money never going to tell you give. Money never going to tell you donate property. Money never going to tell you that. Money going to look at you and say, boy, you crazy? We got our own needs over here. Money never going to tell you that. But God will tell you. He'll move you. He'll move you to do something. And so when God and money come into conflict, you're going to see who you're Look, that Judah's problem. First John 2.15. Watch this. He says this. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, pay attention to that word love. Okay? It's not about possessions you have. It's about what possesses you. It's not about your possessions. It's about how you feel about them. He said, don't love it. Don't have that intense desire. Don't love it. Because if you love the world, if you have an intense desire for material things, if you have an intense desire, well, you got to have them. You're selfish. You're jealous. You're never satisfied. When you have that intense desire, guess what? You loving the world. And anybody that loved the world, guess what? The love of the Father is not in him. Because you can't love God and you can't love the world. All right? And I'm not up here saying that Christians not going to be blessed. Yes, we're going to be blessed. Yes, we're going to have possessions. But you will never put those possessions over the one who has given you those possessions. You see? One of the early church fathers, Augustine, said it best. Look what he says. Augustine says this. He says, and I never put it up there, but it's in my notes. It's not a matter of possessions, but of desire. One man may have much money and no greed, whereas another man may have no money, but much greed. Are you hearing me up in here? It's about your desire and what your focus is. And greed is focus upon the money. I give you this word this morning, saints, because what we all have to do. I still got time. Thank you, Lord. First Corinthians 13, 5 tells us this. It says this. Examine yourself. Or rather, 2 Corinthians. I, I messed you up. I, I messed up. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says it best. It says, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves if Jesus is in you, except you be reprobates? You know, Jesus says, you shall know them by their fruits. But before we start judging and examining anybody else's fruits, you better learn how to examine your own. <laughs> we always looking at somebody else and if they got this and they got that, all right? But Jesus tells us, uh, Paul, Jesus through Paul tells us, you got to learn how to examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Look at your life and see if there's habitual darkness, habitual sin, stuff that you doing. Yeah, hello, because that's the word of God. Stuff that, that you doing. And if that's a call, take that in the foyer. Take that in the foyer. 
stuff that you're doing, amen, that's habitual, it's going to show whether you're true or not. If you're not true, you're going to be comfortable in sin. It's going to be habitual. You're going to hate the light. Mm. All right? All right? Examine yourself, believer. Because we got some fake ones in here. And you may be one of them. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? Examine yourself. You see? What is an exam when the doctor takes the stethoscope? And put it on your heart. Come on. Put your spiritual stethoscope on your heart. And see what that heart wants. Does it want God? Does it want the things of God? Or does it want the world? What does it want? Does it want sexual immorality? Huh? And we all have a remnant of sin, but, but when you're not saved, that want is going to be manifest in your life. You're going to act it out. You see, the believer might still have a little milk residue in the glass, but that want is not going to manifest. You understand what I'm saying? That want not going to manifest. You see? Judas is greedy, ran by greed. And even in the presence of Jesus, the woman washing Jesus' feet, that's his ministry, his miracles, his anointing. He's worthy of the offering. Judas' greed on the inside was so strong, it manifests. What you doing with all this? This could have been given to the poor. All right? Let's continue to go. Y'all up out there? Y'all up? Who are we talking about? That's right. That's right. Third point. Greed is generational. Greed is generational. Because a lot of the times, when I tell you to examine yourself, some people don't have the capability for introspection. You see? They can't look within themselves and see sin. The pride in them is too great. They believe so much in themselves, they can't see when they're wrong. And that's just the way pride works. You see? It's like you got marks on your face and cuts and pimples and bumps and all that, but you look in the mirror, mirror on the wall, and you can't see nothing. You're looking at that, boy, I'm gorgeous. <laughs> teeth all yellow and brush your teeth in a week. Boy, I'm gorgeous. That's how you see yourself. And I understand confidence, huh? But don't walk in foolishness. All right? All right? Listen, greed is like that. Some of us, we could see sin in everybody else but ourselves. All right? And this point, this point right here is going to help you because greed is generational. You see? In verse 4, let's look at it right quick. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, all right? That word Iscariot, amen, uh, we look at that as a last name. We look like, like, like Omar Tebow. We just say, oh, that's Judas Iscariot. Like that's his last name. That's not his last name, all right? All right, and sometimes they'll put the daddy's name behind that, but that's not his daddy's name either because later on in the verse they say Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. That ain't his daddy's name. 
All right? It's scary this way he's from. That's the city he come from. All right? And, and if we had to go back to the, the Hebrew, that would be written in, it's not is, it's ish, karyot. Ish, meaning man, from karyot, the city. Ish, karyot. You see? Look like they're hiding something from us. In Judas, the man from karyot. Pastor, what's Karyot? Karyot in Joshua 15, 25 is a city. It's a city that's located in the very deep, deep south of Judah. All right? Uh, uh, you'll see it sometimes written as uh, Hazor huh? uh, 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 and Karyot. All right? It's, it was in Joshua. I wish I had a map for y'all. I would show y'all. But quickly, Karyot was a territory right on the border of Israel and Edom. And later on, during the days of the Maccabees, Edom had taken possession of Karyo. It was where the Edomites lived. All right? Pastor, what you're talking about, Edom is a descendant of Esau. All right? Judas Iscariot, very well high probability that Judas was an Edomite, the enemy of our people. Had not I chosen you 12, and one of you is a devil. Judas, Judas Iscariot, Judas the man of Karyoth, an Edomite. Now, what is significant about the Edomites? The Edomites are from Esau. Remember our point, greed is generational. Greed is generational, meaning that greed don't start with you. If you greedy, it ain't started with you, meaning you can go back to your mama or your daddy or your grandma or your grandpa or your great-grandpa. You can go all the way up the family tree, and you're going to see greed sitting there. I'm telling you that because sometimes it's too hard to see greed in yourself. But you got to start looking at your people is what I'm saying. You got to look at mama and daddy and say, yeah, they were greedy. You got to look at your grandpa. Oh, he was greedy, greedy. You got to look at your grandma. Oh, she was greedy for food. For this. Yeah. Because when you can't see it in yourself, it's going to be easier to see it in other people. You see, as we go back to the progenitor. race of men, this people of men. Edom comes from Esau. Esau. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He was so hungry that he said, give me this food lest I die. Boy, you wasn't going to die, boy. We could fast for 21, 40 days, some of us. You ain't going to die. But you were so greedy. The intense desire for this food huh, made you sell your birthright. Huh? A momentary pleasure that had eternal consequences. Esau greedy. And that, 
that principality of greed ran all the way down the family line to Agag and Haman, which we're going to be seeing, all the way down to Judas Iscariot. Got to have it. I want the money. I want the food. I want the possession. An Edomite. You see, the world is confused today. We don't know who Israel is, and we don't know who Edom is. I got a word for you. When you want to find Israel, look at the curses. Find the curses, for the curse going to be a sign. But when you want to find Edom, look at the greed. Look at the greed. When you look in the world and find the greediest people, the people who got to have all the money, who got to run all the banks, who got to have all the federal central banks and reserve systems, who got to have it in every country, lest they go to war in Korea, go to war in Syria, go to war in Egypt. I may be prophesying and getting myself in trouble, but you got to understand, up is down and down is up in this world. You've been deceived for too long. God said that he was going to send strong delusion in these last days. They don't even know who's who up in here no more. And just like Jacob dressed in Esau's clothes, we have Esau dressing in our clothes today. But one thing Esau could never get out of him without the grace of God, and that's his greed. And his greed going to always show who he is. That's a Hebrew nugget. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Woo! I got to shake back. I went deep into a national prophetic anointing. Listen, listen, listen. Let's go, let's go, let's go. But this greed is hard to see in us individually. So you are going to have to look at your family to see it. You have to look at your daddy close. You have to look at your mama close. How are they with their food? With their money? with their material things. And when you look at it and you see it in them, then know that there's a propensity that the same thing that's in them is in you. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. I'm trying to... See, the old Puritans used to say that, that the preachers got to take the word and under the anointing of God, the word is put up in a flashlight and the spirit is sent out. That flashlight falls upon the chest of the people of God, and it shows us ourselves. That's when we know we're in the presence of the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost had come to reprove us of sin, of righteousness, and the judgment to come. You will know the Spirit is in a place when you feel your sins. You feel you need to be more righteous. And you feel that there is a judgment that's coming and the judge of all the earth going to do right. That's when you know you're in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. We talking about greed. We talking about greed. Huh? Hallelujah. Fourth point. Moving on. Greed can seem spiritual. Greed can seem spiritual. Always oh, tricky. It's tricky, that greed. You see? As we look at verse 5, if y'all still awake, y'all still awake up there? Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It say, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? 
and given to the poor. Greed can seem spiritual. Now, I've shown you that Judas is greedy to his core. Even going back his, uh, up his, his, his family tree, his pedigree is greedy. But he's going to mask that greed with spirituality. All right? All right? Why was not this ointment sold? What ointment? The ointment that was just poured on Yahshua? The king of kings and the lord of lords? The worthy one? That ointment. Huh? Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence, $60,000, and given to the poor? Huh? Listen. Greedy people have an amazing knack of making themselves look spiritual while making others look greedy. He greedy, y'all, but he making Christ look greedy. He making Mary look foolish and wasteful. He taking her divine worship that God is approving, is praising, has said in his word that wherever this gospel is preached, this story of this woman's worship and her gift is going to be sent and preached right on the side of it as a memorial. God approves what she has done. But Judas is saying, huh, that is wasteful. And that Jesus is greedy for allowing that. The greedy one. The greedy one, the covetous one, is acting like that one over there is covetous. Listen to me good. You're going to have a bunch of greedy in your life. And you're going to be blessed with many things. I prophesied on you and I pray that you receive it. And you are not going to be greedy. You are going to be a giver. Anybody hear me up in here? And when you give, you're going to give for the glory of God. And after you give what God doth require, what you do with your money is your business. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As long as you give God his 10%, the 90% is yours. You could ball till you fall. You could buy whatever color wig you want, whatever color teeth you want, whatever color nails you want, whatever color shoes you want, whatever kind of jacket you want, whatever kind of car you want, whatever kind of house you want. Why? Because you have given God what God doesn't require. And nobody can come and tell you what to do with yours after you done gave God what God doesn't require. But the greedy got away. The greedy got away. Of looking at what you have and that selfishness kicking and that envy kicking I want it it should be mine they shouldn't have it what can I do to get it and then they go spiritual you heard it we used to be a part of it we look at people that's blessed and rich and uh, NBA players and business people, and we look at all they have and what they drive, and we say, oh, but they should be given to the poor. I was about to say that in word just now, y'all. <laughs> Listen to me now. Listen to me. Listen to me. 
How many people believe that God then promised to prosper you? All right. All right. How many people going to give God his due for prospering you? You see? Because he's worthy. Huh? Now, after you give God his, you know, should people judge you on what you do with what's yours? It's yours. It's not for them. But them niggas, I mean, the Negroes, y'all. I'm sorry, Shalon. I'm trying my best. I'm working on something. You know, I'm under construction, too. Boogie, you feel me up in here? That's how we be. That's, listen, man, I'm telling, oh, God. Get back to your notes, Pastor. There's safety with the notes. But let me give you a discernment. Are, 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 are we ha making a mutual ascent? Right? Are we having a, a connection? My heart and your heart this morning? Is, is, are we connecting my, my spirit and your spirit this morning? You see, it's not right, y'all. You see, that ointment belonged to Mary. It didn't belong to Judas. And she could give it to whoever she wanted to give it. She chose to give, it to, to give it to Jesus. Jesus approved her giving it, but the super spiritual greedy on the down low said, you should have given this to the poor. Now, let me give you a hint, a discernment, once again a discernment, into people that say stupidity like this. All right? All right? Now, I, that's probably the harshest word you're going to hear me say, and that because I really mean it. It is stupidity. You see? What is it, Pastor? When people say that, they should be given to the poor. Do an inventory of their life. And quickly run through their finances. Quickly run through their tithes, their offerings they're given. Quickly run through how much they're given to shelters. Quickly run into how much they're given to a, a, a soup kitchen. Quickly run into all the things. Hey, God, and what you're normally going to see is the one that's getting down on you for not giving to the poor, them Negroes ain't giving to the poor themselves. You want to talk about the business owner, NBA player, they should be doing more. You ain't doing nothing. That's how you know it's greed and hypocrisy. That's how you know it's envy and jealousy. Don't come tell me what to do and you ain't doing it. You see, we got to get out of that poor mentality. We got to get out of that greed mentality. And we got to get out of that jealousy and envy mentality. That's a Judas mentality. All right? All right? And it can seem spiritual, huh? We see somebody that work hard and, and do their thing. They pass in the night. Whoa! They might pass in something. Fly. And everybody else looking, ooh, that thing fire, that thing fire. And you want to be Mr. S yeah, but they got homeless people. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? That person worked hard. That person undid what they had to do. Jesus about to tell us, the poor you going to have with you. Oh, my God, we about to get into it. You see, because sometimes everything that's good is not godly. Yeah. 
Would it have been good for Mary to take the spikenard after Jesus raised her brother and give it to the poor? Yeah, it would have been good, but it wouldn't have been godly. Yeah, it would have been good, but it wouldn't have been godly. It wouldn't have been what God wanted in that situation. What God wanted was what she did. Everything that's good is not godly. There are some things that you think would be what God would want in a situation, and it's not what God would want at all. Judas thought he knew what God wanted, and that wasn't it. He thought, oh, let's give it to the poor. God didn't want that. God wanted her to worship. You see? We're talking about greed. We're talking about greed. I'm hoping that we're digging up some, some hard thoughts about it. And most of the people that say that super spiritual stuff on the low is hiding a heart of greed. When the dude passing the car, everybody else saying, oh, that's nice, is jealousy and envy. And want to strike him down and say, he should have gave that to the poor. Why, he ain't never gave to no poor. Well, if I was rich, I would have gave. Nah, Negro. If you're faithful in little, that's when God's going to make you faithful in much. In fact, the dude you hating on has been faithful in middle, little. That's why God had made him faithful in much. Miss Margaret, are we cutting it? We cutting it, Miss Margaret. Yeah, we cutting that thing. Man. Hallelujah. I appreciate you. She's so polite, huh? She said, thank you. Miss Margaret, we're going we to brag on God, Miss Margaret. He don't want to get a word. Come on, brag on him. All right. Look at, look at Proverbs 28, 25. And what y'all got to understand in the church is this. Hallelujah. 28, 25. Let me see. Let me, let me throw a curveball. Y'all got that in the NIV? Let's see, let's see what we're going to do. Put that, put that in the NIV for your ball. So I, can, so I can finish this up. Come on, NIV, NIV. Look at this, look at this. The greedy stir up conflict. But those who trust in the Lord will prosper. <laughs> Which one are you this morning? You see? You trust in the Lord? Then you're going to prosper. Hallelujah. Come on, fit point. Come on, we got to move. He's going to go quicker. Come on, y'all see Come on, seven quick points. Listen, on five, greed will break the law of God. We're just trying to show it to you. Greed will break the law of God. We get this from verse six. Watch this. This he said, not that he cared for the poor. And what did he do with the bag as the treasurer? He was skimming off the top. Judas was a thief. He was a thief. All right? All right? But that is how greed is. It's another way to tell that you have it. It will steal to get what it wants. All right? But it will not only steal, watch this, it will break all of God's laws to get what it wants. It's another indication where you, whether you have greed in your heart. Huh? 
You're going to get it no matter what the cost is. In 1 Timothy 6 and 10, it's a beautiful scripture. It tells us, for the love of money is the root of all evil. It's a beautiful scripture, but one of the scriptures that's misquoted. You see? Because us black folk, we say, for money is the root of all evil. And we say that with such authority. We be on CNN Live, I think money is the root of all evil. Misquoting the scripture. Did the scripture say money was the root of all evil? It's the love. It's the love. You can have a bunch of money, man. You can have a bunch of things, and I pray you get it. I pray you get it in the name. I don't pray for you five, four, five times already for you to be blessed. I pray you get it. But one thing I pray you never do is love it. Don't love it. Don't love it. Don't love it. Don't be greedy. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, the root of a plant huh, is what determines what kind of plant it is. An apple tree root produces apples. All right? All right, from the seed, from the seed. Seed germinate, root, apples. This greed is the root, not of one evil, not of just stealing. This root of greed just don't make you steal. That's just one evil. But the love of money, this greed, is the root of all evil. It's different type of fruits that come out of this root. When it's in your heart and it grows, it's going it's to produce stealing. It's gonna, you're going to steal. You're going to kill. You're going to destroy for this thing. You're going to lie. You're going to cheat. You're going to sell drugs. You're going to sell your body. You're going to sell your children. All based upon this greed, this love of money. Greed will make you break the laws of God. And that's when you know you got it bad. That's when you know you're not serving the master, but you got another master. Because you're doing anything for that paper. You see? They used to say, get rich or die trying. Huh? I'm about to get it by any means necessary. Yeah, that all sounds good in a song, but that's not something that we should live like. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? Because there's some things you shouldn't do for money, y'all. Some things we should have a line. Some things we shouldn't do for money. Because there's some things about you and your soul that money can never buy. Anybody hear me up in here? Yeah, there's a line. Oh, no, oh, no. And when they get close to that line, you, yeah, you can have that. Yeah, yeah, I sell that. Oh, yeah, you can have that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. For us, man, we, there's a bunch of things. You, we, you can buy everything at the Tebow house. All right? But you ain't going to buy the Tebows. You understand what? You never going to buy the Tebows. And what we believe in and our values, you know, and our God. In Hebrew, that's the line you got to draw. That's when you know you're not possessed by your possessions, but that you possess your possessions. You see? You see? Greed will make you break the law of God. Number six. All right? God will rebuke you for greed. He's going to rebuke you. All right? Especially if you're a believer. He's going to get with you. He's going to tell you that you're loving it a little too much. 
And it might be through a word like this, or it might be through a prophet, might be through a wife or a husband, might be through uh, even your child. You're just loving it too much, you know? It's determining your moods around the house, huh? You're happy when you have it. You're sad when you don't, you know? And that's how I used to be growing up in my house. Okay, let me make sure I could talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I still got the fear of the Lord, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen, pity, baby. Everybody was happy. Look in the backyard, the dog wagging a tail, pity. Everybody dancing to a beat, ball up. It's payday, 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 payday. Whoa, it's pay, you know, it's pay. But listen, listen, man. But right after payday, Friday came and went. Saturday done rolled through. Sunday was nice. Oh, yeah, Saturday party, Sunday barbecue. By the time Monday comes. Dog not wagging their tail no more. Dog done buried his head in the ground. Broke on Monday. And the mood of the whole house changed. Mom and daddy not getting along no more. Not my mom and daddy. I'm talking about your mom and daddy. <laughs> I got to cover myself. got to cover myself. Mom and daddy not getting along no fussing now. You paid this, you paid. What you did with the money? I ain't get with my I gave you the money. Can anybody relate to my testimony? You see, when money changed the dynamics of the house and your mood and, and whether you're happy or sad, you know, it's got, a, it's got a too big of a place in your heart. You know, the Bible said the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Hallelujah. And it don't matter what I have or what I don't have. You're going to still see the same smile. You're going to see the same joy. You're going to see the same love. Whether I'm driving a, a GMC or, or, or a Ford truck with a dent on the side of it, I still love Jesus. I'm still serving him. I'm still preaching the word. And, and, and that's how we have to be, whether you're in the shotgun huh, or in the villa. Huh? Whether you're in the projects or the penthouse. Amen. Money should never change who you are at your core, and how you feel about life. It's all about God, man. You see? And this money, man, if you're not careful, man, this thing will get you, man. You be moping around, you know, depressed, you know. People trying to ask you what's wrong. What's wrong? What's wrong? You know what I'm saying? And, they, and people like that, they don't answer what's wrong. You know, they start telling you about L.U.S. and about Wells Fargo. I never asked you what's wrong with Wells Fargo. I asked you what's wrong with you. Everybody got bills, but what's wrong with you? Why you got to act like that when you got bills? What's wrong with you? Because you got a problem. You see? You done put that money where it don't belong. You got a root of greed. You see? But God will rebuke you for that greed. And we see it in verse 7 and 8. Just going down the scripture. That's all we're doing. This is my text for today. We talked about Martha, Mary. We talked about, listen, this is my text. We're going down it too. We're treating it fairly. Look what he says in verse 7. Then said Yahshua, let her alone. Huh? Just say, leave her alone. 
Because, because here we are, she, she worshiping, y'all. She got her head on, bottom locks. She got the thing down. She, she didn't wipe his feet, baby. You know, she tapped that with that lock, sucked that off, that all up. She worshiping. And that Judas come, you could have gave, Mary, you could have gave that to the poor while touching the, the, the treasury bag. You could have gave that to the poor. What he was really saying, you should have gave that to me. Yahshua is in the room. Jesus sitting there watching the whole thing. And though people have a facade of spirituality, Jesus' eyes of fire pierces through the silhouette, pierces through the facade of religion. And he told Judas, leave her alone. You know, he could have spoke that boy out of existence right then and there. Leave her alone. In fact, get out of here. You'd have saw just shoes. <laughs> just a little pointed shoe and it disintegrated him. Where Judas went? <laughs> Jesus was there. Y'all don't want to know. <laughs> All right? All right? But he rebukes him. He said, leave her alone. He said, he say, stop it. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. What he was saying is, she is doing this for me. You, you, you greedy somebody. Can't see nothing but for you. She's doing this for me, Jesus said, in my burial, which I'm dying for the whole world. She's doing this for me, Jesus said. You see that greed? You see? You see? And then Jesus says, if you really care about the poor, after I'm gone, you will have plenty of opportunity to give to the poor. Because he says, for the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. You see, we honor those that's alive with us. We give flowers to them while they're still here. And that's what Jesus was saying, man. He's saying, man, look, I'm about to be gone. If you really care about the poor, listen, I'm about to be gone in a few days. You can go care for the poor then. Look, and I can see Jesus winking, if you really care about the poor. You greedy little somebody. <laughs> Jesus rebukes Judas, y'all. And the fact of the matter is, when he rebukes Judas, Judas can't handle it. Now we watch him rebuke Mary. I mean Martha. He rebuked Martha. Stop all that serving the wrong way. And she come back, serve the right way. Yes, Jesus rebuked Judas. And Judas responds, totally different. You see, rebuke a wise man, and he shall be wiser still. But you rebuke a fool, a scorner, huh? and they're going to hate you for it. You see? Listen to me good. How do you receive rebuke? Because it's going to determine if you're wise or if you're a fool. Martha got rebuked but kept what? Serving, kept doing her thing, kept loving the Lord. Lord, you the resurrection and the life. Martha is the real deal, dog. I don't care what nobody say, man. That's my girl, man. You know what I'm saying? She took one for the team. 
You know what I'm saying? Now, she might tell you off, yeah, but when you tell her off back, she could take it. Amen. She might put her hand in her pocket and say, all right then. <laughs> you understand? Well, I love a person that could tell you off, but when you tell them right back, they could take it. I respect that. But it's the ones that won't tell somebody something harsh, but can't take it back? You a buster. They you tell us if you can't take the heat, get out the kitchen. Don't you dare come up in grandma's kitchen and you can't take the heat up in there. Judas couldn't take the heat. He want to rebuke Mary, but when Jesus rebuked him, Y'all want to know what Judas do right after this? Do y'all really want to know? Right after this, listen to me now. Judas go sell Jesus out. He leave there and go sell him out. The resurrection of Lazarus. The response of Martha. Lazarus. Mary. Judas' greed, huh, brought Jesus straight to the cross. If he wouldn't have raised Lazarus, he might not have even got to the cross. He rebuked Judas, man, look. And Judas didn't receive that rebuke. The exact opposite happened. Last point, greed will destroy you. It will destroy you. You see, as we look at the rest of the text, hallelujah, uh, uh, if left unchecked, uh, uh, after Jesus rebuked Judas agreed, he gets worse and not better. Judas was never the same after that rebuke. That exposure and reproof brought the worst out of him and not the best. It brought the best out of Martha, but it brought, brought the worst out of Judas. He's going to get that money, whether Mary, whether Mary give it to him or not. In Matthew 26, verse 10, huh? this is a, another, trend, another, part, another kind of story. Uh, they say that this could be the, the Mary story as well. Why uh, Jesus understood it and said after Judas said that could have been given to the poor, Jesus said, why trouble ye the woman? For she had wrought a good work upon me. Verse 11. For ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. Jesus says that. Now go to verse 14, the same text. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priest. Right after the rebuke. Right after the rebuke. Then he went unto the chief priest. And what did he do? Verse 15. And said unto them, what will you give me? Oh, I'm feeling a spirit of revelation up in here. You see how far greed will take you, boy? Look, he said, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenant with him for 30 pieces of silver. 30 of them, Javon. 30 of them. And I look, man, and I say, Lord, how much is 30 pieces of silver today? You know, if they was doing it by the ounce, amen, it's around $25 ounce. 30 pieces of silver is $750. That's what Judas sold out the Messiah of the Hebrews for. 
$750. You see? And from that time, he sought an opportunity to betray him. You see? That greed will destroy you. At Passover, the last supper, uh, Matthew 26, 23, Jesus knew it all. And he said, he that dipped his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. 24, the son of man goeth as it is written of him, but woe. Somebody say woe. woe. But woe unto that man by who the son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been Ooh, don't play with Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, don't play with Jesus, baby. <laughs> oh, God, man, that's some stuff, huh? Y'all got another verse? Look what he said. Boy, we in the Bible today, boy. That's, that's the last one, Brent. Oh, oh, oh. Then, uh, uh, oh, yeah, go back. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, after he done made the deal that he was going to sell him out, Master, is it I? He said unto him, thou hast said it. <laughs> Jesus smart, boy. He come with, is it I? You said it. Yeah. Wow, Miss Lou. Brother Bruce Hall. Jesus is amazing. Look at that, 26. We got more. This is good stuff. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed. Oh, that's going to be for later. All right. Okay, that's going to be for later. We're going to get off into that. All right. Wrapping up, wrapping up. Y'all, Judas sells out the Lord. We, he, he have a brief moment of remorse. Not repentance. Remorse. Because what he did was wrong, y'all. He was so wrong in what he did. He go back to try to give the 30 pieces of silver to Pharisees. Man, say, boy, that, uh, the deal is done. He said, but I done sold out an innocent man, a good person. He said, man, they said, man, that's on you, though. That's on you. That's, that's, who? That's on you, baby. You did that. He threw the money down. Didn't even get the money. And he went hang himself. Death by suicide. I'm not here to judge nobody, yo. I rarely ever see where somebody went. But if we had to look at Judas and his story, and if it lined up exactly with what the scriptures, it don't look like a person who ever got it right with God. And that greed, that greed that he didn't deal with, that greed which was a, was a response to the miracle of God in his life, that greed was the thing that drug him all the way to hell. You see? If he went there, you know? We got to be careful of that greed. Worship team, come and help me. In your life, it's going to be signs whether you have greed. You got to look for selfishness, jealousy, or envy. Huh? You got to look at, hallelujah, uh, 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 that, that insatiable appetite, unsatisfied. You got to look at your generations, that generational, whether it was in your previous people. You got to see whether you're going to break the law of God to get a little bit of change in your pocket or a little bit of food on your plate. You got to look at it for rebuke makes it worse, just like Judas. And you got to know that it's going to end in destruction.
Well, pastor, what's the cures for this greed? What, well, how, can I, how can I get this thing off of me? Number one is salvation. You got to make sure that you saved. You see, through the cross of Christ, God will take a greedy man like Zacchaeus and make him a giving man. Anybody hear me up in here? You see? God will change it. Huh? God will change it. And even after salvation, as believers, we're going to have our ups and downs with greed, the remnant of it. And that's when you go to the Lord in prayer. And you ask God, God, remove it from me. And every time you get on your knees, you pray about that particular sin. We all have indwelling sin. And every time you're on your knees, you should pray about your indwelling sin. You should feel it in your heart if you examine it. And for some, it's going to be this greed. For others, it's going to be something else, some addiction. Whatever it is, every time you hit your knees, you got to talk to God about your indwelling sin. And if it's greed, you got to pray this thing off for you. And sometimes you're going to even have to fast for this thing to get off for you. The Bible says some don't go out but by prayer and fasting. And then you got to get in that word. Why get in that word, Pastor? You read the general Bible on a daily basis, but you go and you study greed. You go to this Bible from the beginning of it to the end of it, and you pick every instance of greed, even Achan when he stole because he was so greedy and touched the cursed thing. You study those scriptures. You get that word in you. And God's going to use his word to clear that greed out of your heart. You see? But there's some. You may even need deliverance. Pastor, what you mean? You're going to need a group to stand in agreement with you. Two or three people that you confess and say, I got a problem with this money. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing. I'm, I'm selling drugs. I'm, I'm thinking about selling my body. I need help. And you get your two or three prayer warriors. People in the church, Miss Denise and Brother Carl and, and, and Miss Mary, huh? And they stand in agreement and they lay hands on you and they pray. Because sometimes, hey God, it, the prayers of the righteous, they avail much. Need somebody to stand in agreement with you. Need deliverance from a thing. I done been a part of some deliverance prayer before. Got a dude up there in the upstairs praying, man, for an hour. Dude start throwing up, spitting up stuff. Was never the same, Miss Mary, after we prayed deliverance on him. Up in there got delivered. I seen him put drugs down after deliverance. Anybody hear me up in here? So that's the cures, prayer, word, fast, deliverance. But listen, if all that don't work, we go back to number one, salvation. And how do I get saved, Pastor? You admit that you're a sinner. And you're in good company. Because we all sinners in this place. The church is the church of the, of the saved, but he came to save sinners. It's a church of sinners. Former this and former that. Former fighters and cursers and stealers and, and jackers and drug dealers. Former fornicators. Former sexual immoral. Former. 
That's what the church is. <laughs> In a lot of ways, we're the worst of the worst on earth. <laughs> a lot of ways, if the a lot of ways the earth happy that we not over there no more. God done took the worst and made them the best. Anybody hear me up in here? Woo! That's what the church is. God said, I can't leave you out there. You're gonna cause too much trouble. Come on in here. You done send enough. We the church of sinners, man. But sinners who believe. Sinners who believe. We believe in a Messiah, Yahshua. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we believe that that sacrifice on that tree atones and pays and is the propitiation for all of our sins. A life full of sin paid for by a drop of holy blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. A church full of sinners that believe and who have confessed. Out of our mouth we say he is our Lord. He is our Savior. Without him we would be nothing. We would be in hell, in jail, or in some hospital somewhere. And we're not ashamed to confess him. If you want to be saved this morning and you fulfill that category of being a sinner, we're going to open up the altar. We're going to pray, huh? And we're going to ask God to save you. Secondly, if you're a believer and you've been struggling with this greed or any other sin you've been struggling with and it's been having you in conflict and you don't even know whether you're coming or going you don't know if you're born again or you're still dead listen at this altar we can make it right you can be saved or recommitted at this altar because this altar is the altar of God this morning and God is at his altar God is at his altar to save, to redeem, to heal, and to deliver. Ushers, open up the gates. The people need to deal with their God this morning. They need to deal with their God this morning. Come on, I took you too much of your time. Come on, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come deal with your God. Come on. Whether it's greed or whether it's some other generational bondage that you see in mama and daddy, you come to this altar. Whether it's a recommitment, Hey, God, what well, is a repentance? You come to this altar, whatever it is, whatever it is you need, the altar is ready. The altar is ready. The altar is ready. Hey, it's hot. The altar is ready. Come on, the altar is ready. It's like an old pot in mama kitchen that's been on the fire. The altar is ready. It's ready. It's ready. Hallelujah. The altar is ready. The altar is ready. Yes, it is. Woo! The altar is ready. And it's your day today. It's your time today. At this altar, something different is going to happen today. It's your time. It's your time at this altar. It's your time. This is going to be the one that heaven remind you of. Heaven going to remember this day at the altar. Heaven is going to remember. It's going to write down this date in the book. On the side of your name. This was the day it happened. 
This was the day it became real. This was the day that you made that change. That altar. That altar call in March. On that Sunday. Let us pray for real now. Focus on God. Be preoccupied with him this morning. Focus, focus, focus. Say, God, I'm talking to you. Nobody else. I've sinned. You know what I've done. But I'm sorry. I'm convicted. And I'm sorry. But I believe. That's one thing the devil can't take away from me. I believe. <laughs> I believe you are real. And I believe you love me. I believe you died on that cross as a sacrifice for all my sins I believe I believe you were buried but I believe you rose on the third day with all power I believe and I believe your blood forgives me and washes me of all my sins I believe with all my heart that you are my Savior. You are my Lord. And I am forgiven. I am yours. And you are mine. I belong to you. So save me. Clean me. Wash me. Deliver me. Redeem me. Set me free. I confess you as my Lord, my King, my everything. I will live for you, sing for you, dance for you, whatever you need. I am yours in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hey! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I belong. I belong to you. I belong to you. Abba! Abba! Come on, now you know what it means. I belong. I've been bought with a price. I've been bought with a price. Come on, just a couple of more times. Abba! I belong. I belong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Abba, Abba.
Hallelujah, saints. We pray the delivering power of God upon this altar. Whatever you're going through. Hallelujah, be loosed in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever you're going through, be loosed in Jesus' mighty name. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Be loosed in Jesus' mighty name. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, be free. Shackles are falling off. Chains are falling off. Bondage is breaking. Strongholds are crumbling right now at this altar. At this altar. At this altar right now. Hallelujah, be free. Be loosed in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Saints, we're going to have the Lord's Supper right now. Hallelujah. I've kept you long enough, but I pray that you brought the cup and with you. But if not, just return back to your seat and, and grab it and get it. Hallelujah. We're going to go back to the Lord's Supper. We're going back to that place. Back to the place where greed, where greed betrayed our master we're going back to that place back to that place hallelujah thank you master hallelujah we're going right back to it right back to it hallelujah and jesus said on that day the night that he was betrayed he took the bread he broke it, gave thanks for it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He knew he was being betrayed, knew he was going to die, but he took one for the team. <laughs> he took one for the team, man. <laughs> took one for the team. He gave it to his disciples, he said, eat. All of you. Huh? You say, do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat together and remember that night. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The same way after dinner, he took the cup after supper. And he told his disciples, he says, this is the new covenant in my blood because without the shedding of blood there can be no remission of sins the only way sin can be cured is through blood and he gave us the best blood the blood of God the blood of his sacrifice every covenant requires blood the old covenant was animals the new covenant was the lamb of God we remember his blood we never forget it let us drink together
Thank you, Lord, for your body and your blood that was shed on that tree for us. We know that you had to be betrayed. We know that you had to go to the cross. And we are so thankful for it. Now bless us as we go. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and bless you. Bless you with peace. Bless you with peace.